This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mark Kennedy as Lincoln City manager. Second clean sheet for Mark Kennedy as Lincoln City manager in just three games. The only team that we have conceded against scored seven last night away from home. It's all about context, isn't it? I remember last season thinking about Gillingham on the opening day and thinking decent point, both teams should be up there. And actually, in the context of the season... With Gillingham being relegated, it wasn't a decent point. We should have beaten them. So it's you know funny how you can come away from a single game thinking that was good, but it actually only takes real shape when you start putting it in the context of you know a run of games. And last night capped off a run of games that I know that the football club were keen to get through because obviously I think the, the market's going to start moving from now till the end of the month. You know, lots of Premier League players going to clubs on loan, lots of championship players going to clubs on loan. And as I've said in numerous articles and bits and bobs, there was this this desire from the club to just you know get through these three games. So five goals, four goals scored, one goal conceded, next round of the cup undefeated. I think that's as you know, when it comes to getting through games, I think that's a fairly good a fairly good place to be. And you know, we can get excited about last night's result and we'll talk about it. And you should always cherish those wins, especially at a point where, um, you know, there's an element of uncertainty being taken away from, from before the season. But what I will utter is caution. If we were to play Forest Green on Saturday and not win, maybe people might start thinking, well, three draws, you know, 
we could have won one and lost two and be in the same position. So, um, you know, always have context, always have grounding. Uh, But at the same time, enjoy the victories. And I think there's too much of not enjoying the victories when you're a football supporter at times. There's too much of we buy in to what the players and the manager say that that's one game. We're looking to the next game. And as football supporters, we always do that. And then we only really look back fondly on certain wins kind of after, you know, retrospectively. And I remember, um, I think it was the, who did we beat? Was it beating Ipswich? And then we played Dover on the Friday night or something along those lines. I remember as soon as we'd, as soon as one of the best games that we'd, we'd, we'd had in many, many years since the bank had finished, you know, so-called realists like myself were going, yeah, but Dover at home, that's going to be a tough game. That was, that was the situation that we were in. And, and it's too easy to say that. It'd be too easy for me to come on now and say, well, we beat Doncaster. They're only League Two. We should be beating them. Um, you know, it's all about Saturday. Oh, sod that. Let's enjoy the victories. And, and last night was significant for a number of reasons. A number of reasons. First of all, last season we lost twice uh, to lower league opposition in the cup. Hartlepool at home, Carlisle United in the EFL Trophy. So it isn't a given that you go and beat these teams. And for a few years, I think it has been. We've had a good record against lower league opposition against the team teams from League Two. I've demonstrated that with um, beating Bradford 5-0. We beat Bradford in the EFL Trophy last season. You know, we've, we've had some decent results. Port Vale, to be fair, we were the same league as them um, when we beat them 4-0. So I think um, I think it, you know, it's easy to say you should be winning these games, but this was a potential banana skin. Doncaster had just gone down. We know what they were about last season. Gary McSheffrey had made them not hard to beat, but hard to break down if you didn't have the right tools. Um, and it was, you know, I don't think that they were any better or worse than they were at the tail end of last season. And maybe that doesn't bode particularly well for them. Um, They had a couple of efforts at goal. Probably had a little bit more attacking intent than when they beat us 1-0 at Sinsel Bank. I think it was January, February time. I remember taking my nephew to that game. Um, And I think, you know, are they a better side? Um, You know, I don't know. I think Doncaster have got a spell in League Two ahead of them, um, if I'm honest. I don't see them being a team that have gone down and are likely to bounce straight back up. I don't think that they've got the knowledge uh, or the, the 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 ability. But they have decent players. You look at Kieran Agard. I remember speaking to Kieran um, as uh, as part of the uh, presenting a PFA award back in 2018. It was the 2018-19 season when we won the title. So it's December 2018. You know, and he was a. Uh, uh, and MK Don's player at the time, so top end of League Two, um, really exciting player. Not done a lot in recent seasons. I think he was at Plymouth last year, potentially. It might be Plymouth, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, experienced player. So yeah, we weren't playing mugs yesterday. We're playing a team with experienced professionals, but then we are a League One team. We should be expecting to go into these games as favourites. And, and just because we're a young team doesn't mean that we're not a good team. And I think sometimes that's a misconception peddled by the likes of me that you know, we need the experience number six to hold things together. Actually, we need footballers that can hold things together and doesn't always have to be the experienced players, I suppose. So positives in terms of team selection, Sean Rowan playing, I think is brilliant. Sean Rowan, massive hope for us, wasn't he? Two seasons ago, a player who, you know, I was tipping to be the first million pound Lincoln city sale, like balls out million. I'm not talking about add-ons and all that because as I understand it, that could be somebody like Teo Ennen. 
that, you know, the first he's a million pounds. And we'd never really find out, would we, with undisclosed fees? But the point is, in the team, with no fanfare. So last year he was in against Bowers and Pitsy, and before the game it was very much a case of, you know, he's getting his chance, he's got something to prove, he's got this, he's got that. In this, it was just, oh, Sean Rowan's playing, and he had a good game. And I think taking that, probably that pressure and that fanfare away from him and him just being in the team was quite positive. Yeah, because the, he wasn't the young player. He wasn't the youngest player. There was a lot of pressure on another youngster that I'll come to in a second. So I'm really pleased to see, um, really, really pleased to see him um, get a start and a really solid performance, I felt. I actually felt both fullbacks had a good game. I thought TJ was very, very good as well. So he got forward particularly well. Um, probably one of the best games that he's had since he's moved back here as permanent. And my friend Roy messaged me this morning and said he felt pretty much the same way. I think in midfield, interesting to see Sanders in the holding role because you know I've voiced concerns that if, if Lass is the holding midfield, then we don't really have cover. But Sanders had a decent game one or two, once or twice. He was caught out of position early doors. But I think he felt his way into the game. Um, I'll come to Ted Bishop in a minute. And then, obviously, Charlie Kendall starting up front. Um, it's been rumoured that Charlie Kendall scores goals. You know, We've seen it for Eastbourne. We've seen it in a pre-season friendly at Eastbourne. Um, now he's actually scored one in a game that doesn't involve Eastbourne. I think that's brilliant. Um, I thought Charlie Kendall was exceptional all night. I think when you look back at the goals, he has a role to play in all of them. Um, the opening goal, he obviously scores. I think that w- there was a tap-in. Uh, further for a, another player as well. So two players have followed that ball in. That's really promising. Um, and I like that. And that following the ball in is something that I think people criticised us for not doing at times in the past. Um, and for the third goal, Scully scored by following in, not hanging around on the edge of the area. And I thought that that was really positive as well. And um, for the second goal, obviously for Ted's goal, you see Charlie's run kind of drags, drags a player away. Uh, and for the third goal, it's actually his challenge, I think, um, that, that allows the ball to break for Scully to, to tee up Maguire for the uh, for the effort. So fair play to Charlie Kendall. I thought he had a really, really solid senior debut for Lincoln. Um, I had had a, a thought that perhaps he might end up going out on loan if we were to bring another striker in. Um, I'm not so sure that's the case now. I'm not so sure we'd want him to go out on loan if he's going to be scoring goals, as long as he's getting opportunities. And while we're in the Carabao Cup, and while we're in the AFL Cup, you know, there's good opportunities there. We get into the next round of this. You would assume you would start the next game. That's two games. You would assume you'd start all of the league, uh, the EFL trophy games. That's five starts for the club. And then you throw in league appearances off the bench, that sort of thing. You know, 10, 15, maybe even 20 appearances by the time we get to Christmas. And then if, if we feel that he needs a spell of senior football, maybe a, a loan then into League Two, potentially. But I don't think he's the sort of player that we want to be loaning out right now. Yeah, I can see it with Joven. I can see it with Morgan uh, Worsfold Greg. I can see why those sorts of players might go out on loan to get senior football because their minutes in around the first team are going to be very limited. But right now, Chris Maguire's starting games. He was told last season, last in the summer, that we didn't particularly need him. Um, and, and clearly we do. So for me, that means that we do still have a need for attacking players and therefore to loan Charlie Kendall out would be a massively counterproductive just to warn you, my dog walk has actually finished incredibly early because it's too warm. I'm just going to walk around the garden talking to you uh, because I think it's important to. Uh, so that was the interesting things around the team selection. I thought from the start to the finish, um, we controlled the play 
very, very comfortably. I thought that we did it very, very well. Um, there was shades of kind of playing out from the back, knocking it across the back, but it was never without purpose. There was never a time where you thought, well, we're never going to score in this game. thought there was patience with a purpose, and I think that that's quite an interesting thing to, to kind of analyse and to look at, is um, creating opportunities when playing out from the back something we struggled with last season, something we didn't struggle with last night. And look, I know that we weren't playing a Portsmouth or at Oxford or a Peterborough, you know, or even a, a, a Cheltenham or an Exeter. We were playing a League Two team who, you know, have got into the habit of losing games as they did last season. So I think that there's got to be an element of context, but you have to beat those teams. And I keep going back to Hartlepool last season where we lost 1-0 to a League Two team who were not particularly creative because we didn't have the tools ourselves to unpick uh, the defence. We had those tools last night. I've got to come to Ted Bishop. Ted was excellent all night. Look, we keep, we've heard so much about Ted from people in the game. Jimmy Walker was was immediately saying he'll do the George Grant role for you when he came. And those comparisons, whilst I keep labelling them as lazy, are also inevitable. I make them. Um, you know, he's that type of player. He's he's slightly built. He's got a lovely touch. I mean, his touch for his effort in the first half, the first touch had just lifted it over a defender. It deserved a goal. And if it had, if that had gone in in the first half where he's curled it over, it would have been a better goal than the one he actually scored because of the technique, because of the touch. Um, dare I say, and I'll get shot down for this, but it was Burkamp-esque in the way that as it came down, the, the weight of the first touch was intelligent. Um, you know, it took it just beyond the defender but not far enough away that he couldn't then control it. It was perfectly measured, a massive, massive amount of respect um, for, for technique like that. And if we see more of that through the season, it's fantastic. But he also affected the outcome of the game throughout. He was only meant to get 45 minutes, Mark Kennedy said, and he played what, 70, 60, 70 minutes. Um, fantastic. Let's hope he's fit for Saturday. And actually, we've got a selection headache now. Uh, Tashan had a decent game last night. And you've got Max Sanders, who has had more game time, I think, in the first three games of this season as he had in the last three months of last season. Certainly been more effective in all of in all of that time. And you've got Lass, who at the moment is, is a new darling of the fans, which seems you know, utterly ridiculous um, given last season. Yeah, but it's just that the transformation in those sorts of players has been superb. And look, with Ted, it's perhaps not entirely fair to say transformation because actually I thought Ted was very, very good at times last season. And had he played 15, 20 games in his favoured role, which is kind of on the left side of the attacking midfield, um, I think that he would have been up there for a player of the season. He scored goals, he assisted goals last season. He was just played out of position so often. Um, and when the team was first announced yesterday and I looked at it on my phone, my first thought when I saw where Ted was, because it's done numerically, is not full back. Boom, I'm back. Sorry about that. Um, so it wasn't full back, and 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 that was a massive. You know, that was hugely um, a huge relief, I think. Uh, so yeah, really, really pleased. Really, really pleased for Ted massively um and and again it really bodes well for us so i just think with the the ease with which we dealt with last night's game a potential banana skin uh, and again it was a it was a you know a, a kind of a, a rejigged doncaster side i understand that as well and um, i'm not kind of i'm not saying that we've beaten a top top team here 
but I think it's the relief of knowing that actually we're now in a position where some of the uncertainty from pre-season has been taken away. And, and there's 54 of you watching this at the moment live. I would say at least 50 of you had some degree of pessimism going into this new season, had some degree of kind of fear that <clears throat> maybe the pundits were right. Mark Kennedy, you know, had won one game as Macclesfield manager. You know, he, he had no track record at all of, of, of real football management, senior management. You know, we, we hadn't made many signings in the summer. It, it all felt like we were being set up not to fail, but to struggle. And I think there's that element of pessimism that we'd had so many good seasons from the summer of 2016 to the summer of 2022, that's six years. This was the first time we've gone into it thinking, I fear for us this season. And it was an odd feeling. And, and from a Lincoln City fan of you know 30 odd years, it's not an odd feeling. It's one that we had every single season, but to not then have it for, for six years was phenomenal. And I think to have that uncertainty, that's Lenny, my cockerel, to have that level of uncertainty, um, going into a season, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. And it wasn't the football club's fault. It was my fault. My fault for listening to the pundits. My fault for you know, kind of listening to other pessimistic fans. And, and there's many of you that, that felt the same. And we haven't won anything. We're three games in. We haven't got three points in the league yet. But you know, don't you, if you understand football, you know that we're in a decent place. We're playing some nice stuff. But there's a there's a spine to the team. There's a, a solidarity amongst the players. There's buy-in from the supporters. There's tactical know-how. There's a willing to change approach. Um, something's happening at Lincoln City. That's my opinion. And I might say that, and we go on a four-game losing streak, and you know, all of a sudden things are, are, are dark and dreary again. But I feel something's happening at Lincoln City. I feel that last night underlined that. And I think if we could go and get three points against Forest Green. You know, it, it would doubly underline it and highlight it. I don't know. There's just something about the way that we're playing. Not the first 20 minutes on Saturday that terrified me, but since then, it's that it's that resolution, it's that commitment, it's the comments from some of the players. I spoke to Anthony Scully, as I keep saying, and it's not me name dropping all the time. But when I spoke to Scully, he mentioned Ted Bishop, and he mentioned about how you know, he loved playing with Ted when he was on the left and Ted was on the left side of that midfield. They're both kind of Cambridge boys brought up in that area. They're both decent footballers, um, and they'd built up an understanding. And Ted mentioned it again last night. I like that. You've got Max Sanders coming on, a player who you know, always looked like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders and probably did, moving from a Premier League team where he's being touted as a potential first-team player to Lincoln City and being told that he was a potential under-23 player and he wasn't making the grade as a professional and he needed to change this and that. And now you've got him going into interviews saying, I feel energised. And that's good. And this isn't criticism of the previous manager. The previous manager took us to the champion, almost took us to the championship. You know, one game from the championship. I'm not going to criticise that man. But last season, we began to stagnate towards the end of the season. And, you know, I, I didn't think that there was a... Um, a pressing need for the sweeping change that happened over the summer. And obviously, there was something's changed. Something's changed. Certainly in the first three games, it's about keeping it up. I also particularly like Mike Garrity, if I'm honest. You never hear from him. You never see much of him. He's the assistant manager. But on the touchline, he feels more like a Nicky to a Danny. 
than a David Kerslake to a Michael. David Kerslake was you know, not always animated. It always felt like he was there to assist Michael, whereas I think with Mike Garrity, he's got the League One experience. He's, he's had the teams promoted from this level before. And I just feel that I feel he's there more as part of a duo, if that makes sense. Um, and again, it's not a criticism of the previous manager. I'm really going to pains to stress that because it's not, I'm not turning. Um, I still believe what I believe. I still think Michael was a good manager. I still think he could have done the job for us this season. I still think he was massively set back last season by injuries um, and, and stuff like that. And I think that 17th last season was not a fair reflection on some of the effort that we've put in. All right. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I think, I think really, really, really positive. There's Lenny, by the way. Say hello, Lenny. Yeah, very good. So, um, so yeah, it's a good feeling. Um, right, so before I wrap up, I'm going to go through some of your comments in a second. Uh, got to talk about Jordan Garrick, haven't we? So, Mike, uh, Mark Kennedy last night said a signing was close and expected to be, he expected maybe to be announced today. My understanding is that we may wait until the end of the week for an announcement. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, so I think uh, I've had a look at Jordan. I've had a look at some of his stats. Played a centre forward for Plymouth last season. I've got the feeling that he's coming here as a winger. Um, he was a rugby league. He played as a, a wide player in rugby league. So he's got pace. He's got power. And I think that that's probably something that we wanted to see from Hacks last season and didn't. Um, I think that from that's what we're, we're looking at bringing in from Jordan. If he does sign for us, you never know. It could just be paper talk. But usually when a journalist from uh, a specific publication says, this is where the players go in, it's normally spot on. You know, it's a Wales online journalist. He's got the blue tick. He's saying Jordan Garrick wasn't involved in the game. Jordan Garrick is going to Lincoln City. Usually um, a journalist of that stature is right. Um, so 24 years old, kind of going against some of the previous loans that we've had. wonder if we felt a little bit burned last season by Dan and Lundaloo, who um, I think has got the potential to be a very good player, but just couldn't quite cut it when he came to this level. Liam Cullen, I think also, as a young player, struggled at times with the physicality. I'm not going to say Morgan Whitaker because I think he did. I think he did OK. But there was times where he struggled with uh, physicality. 24-year-old former rugby league player, played in the championship, played nearly 40-odd games or whatever, 50-odd games at this level last season for for, Prest, uh, for Plymouth. There ain't going to be any getting used to the pace and the power of the um, of the game. So I'm quite happy, I think, um, with the potential in this signing. You're not going to get me saying he's going to be a great signing, he's going to be this, he's going to be that, because I don't want to power, uh, pile pressure on a player. Um, but he's, he's an interesting one. And if he is out of contract at the end of the season, it's really interesting because that means two players coming in on loan who potentially we could pick up for nothing in the summer. And that's interesting from the, the point of view of the team that's loaning them because Tashan will still be under 23, so they'll be due a fee. But Jordan's 24. So if he's coming, if, if he's coming here on a season-long loan, if, and he's out of contract at the end of the season. He could technically be walking away from Swansea and not going back. I think that's an interesting situation, certainly from Swansea's point of view. And you wonder if maybe he's coming here with a view to a permanent move in January, perhaps, um, where we agree a nominal fee for him once we've had a look at him in and around the squad. I certainly think that we need a pace in the wide areas. I think that we need raw power. 
uh, raw is something I was chatting to a, a, a Swansea fan first thing this morning that I know and kind of said raw is a word that, that describes Jordan Garrick that the ingredients are there um, where he'll get fans off the seat he will run at players he will dip his shoulder he has got the pace um, but there's just elements of his game that need tweaking and in that respect he feels almost like a higher level uh, Cohen Bramall because Bramall was raw Bramall had the pace um, not in the same the same build, the same position or anything, but the same theory behind it. Let's get this player in. There's some ingredients there. Let's work with it. And it's a, not change of direction for the football club, but I think that it could be a very, very interesting loan indeed. So, right, let's have a look back through some of your comments before I stop walking around my garden, which I've now been doing for too long. Andy Blackburn says, good morning, guys. It's beautiful in York this morning. I'm pretty sure it's beautiful everywhere, my friend. It's certainly nice here. Marcus Needham, hope your injuries have subsided. Still not running, mate, unfortunately. Now, I'm going to do an article on it. Uh, and it kind of links into Adam Jackson going off last night and how fans treat players who are injured. Um, so I'm, I'm planning that article. It's just getting time uh, time around it, kind of relating it to, to real life. Uh, so Sean Simon's morning, mate. I hope you're okay. Um, Rob Scott says, Ruddy L, I hope you've got some factor 50 on gas. I'm starting to sting looking at you. Do you know, I haven't burned much this summer. Um, I really haven't, but then I'll be working all day after this. So there we go. Lynx was there last night. Lewis in the crowd was fantastic. Yeah, Lewis Monsma in the crowd. It's a, it's a crowd pleaser, isn't it? I remember seeing Harry Anderson in the crowd when he was injured once before. In fact, I think he was even back at Peterborough and he came and was in the crowd. Love to see a player in the crowd. Cohen Bramble's been and stood in the crowd before even officials you know when Clive's there it always makes the club feel closer to you when the players are that accessible when they come and stand there and Lewis is one that clearly loves football he was in the crowd for a couple of Brennan Johnson games at Forest wasn't he last season so interesting Pete Summers says 13 teams knocked out teams from higher leagues last night plenty of upsets yeah and I think that that's got something to do with um, how teams are treating this competition you know, bear in mind it was the Carabao Cup. It was an opportunity to get a big draw in the next round, and we still played young players. We gave a debut to three players. Sean Rowan got, you know, his first game in um, under under uh, Mark. I mean, you know, we still we didn't treat we we still treated it as a lesser game than the league. You understand that with DFL Trophy, you would never understand it with the FA Cup. The Carabao Cup's in that grey area. I think it's losing its value, but you know, on the back of a three-nil win, I probably won't um, won't talk about that too much. Morning, Harry. Hope you're well, my friend. You know more than more than most what it's like up here at this time of the year. Absolutely beautiful. Going back to the game, so Rob Scott says it's not so much the result, really. It's the performance with confidence through the full 90. We suddenly look like we have belief and want to dial in. I buy that 100%. Playing for the full 90. How many games? And I keep going back to last season. But how many games did we say? If we could play for 45, like if we could play for 90 as we did for some 45s, we would have been in the top 10 last season and we would. For whatever reason, it, we weren't able to do that. Whether that was opposition adjusting to how we played and we couldn't cope, I don't know. Maybe, you know, last night we we were met with the same opposition. I mean, we did pretty much kill them off with, with Ted's goal really quickly. And I think that that made the second half a very, very different game. But even so, um, it was nice to see a full 90 minutes as we did at Portsmouth. You know, that's two consistent 90-minute performances. It's important. I've always said consistency is king. You have a consistent back four, you concede fewer goals. You have consistent performances over 90 minutes, you win more games. It's, it's absolutely simple. You play consistently week in, week out, you win more games. Really simple. Dean Wagstaff says he echoes what Marcus said. I think that's about my injury. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping to be running later this week. Hey, Gary, cracking win last night. Very pleased for Charlie. As I only live an hour away, I went to the Eastbourne game. I went to him play last week and was impressed. 
played enough four four two. So I wasn't surprised to see him grab a goal last night. We're doing the power of good. Uh, nice to see Lewis Monster in the crowd. Yeah, I think with Charlie, I think that's a really interesting point. I think Charlie Kendall is a player we needed to see in a Lincoln shirt. How many times have we signed these players that you know you think are going to be good and you think can be exciting? Ryan Semple, for instance, play a handful of games, disappear. Really, really important to get Charlie involved early. Really important. Rob Scott, we've got two first-team players to come into yet. Yeah, suddenly, we're not looking as uh, short as at first. Crazy. Well, we've got three, actually, because we've got Lewis Monsma. Um, we've got four, because we've got Lewis Monsma. We've got Joe Walsh. We've got Charles Vernon um, to come back in. We've got Danny Mandrew to come back in. Uh, and we've got like, new signings. There'll be some going out as well. There will. Uh, Paul Dixon said, we, Monistics, we need some form of squad rotation, otherwise we'll get more injuries like last season. Exactly, we do. Um, and, and there's an element of balancing that, I think, isn't there? between squad rotation and inconsistency. So to see Sean Rowan playing last night is great because he'll probably play the second round. Adam Jackson, if he if he comes back from injury, will probably play the second round. Really, really important. Really important to have that for these cup games and for the EFL trophy as well. Last season, remember, we played Man United uh, kids under-21s early in the season. I remember it really well. We had to play a number of first-team players, one of which was Dan and Lundley. We had to rush back. We didn't have the rotation. He picked up the injury. He never got going. You've got to be able to rotate the team. At the minute, that's probably one question mark over the midfield. Kind of got four central midfielders for three positions. Um, so whether that means worse for Greg is actually going to be part of the first team, I don't know. The interesting thing is those players that came on and got minutes did so in uh, merit. And we do have other younger players who we could have brought in. So you know, maybe they're not going anywhere. Adam Ball says morning. Gary Riley Clayton says morning, mate. Morning to you all. Uh, Stig says it's nice to know we can win a game. It is, you know, it's nice that we can win a game against fucking Doncaster. That's for sure. Uh, Kate Jackson, morning, Gary. Just on a side note, our draw against Exeter looks even more like an excellent result given how they're sweeping everyone aside now. 7-0 at Cheltenham last night, 100%. And I think I also saw Pete Summers a little further down say, uh, and Pompey winning 3-0 at Cardiff. And again, it, you know, individual results only really have gravity once they're put in the context of a, of a kind of a wider spell. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Rob Haddon spoke to him this morning or messaged him this morning. Morning, big man. Cheeky. Good game. Good three goals. What a pity I didn't photo Teddy Bishop celebrating in front of the fans. No, it's not. No, it's not. If Teddy Bishop's celebrating in front of you mate, and their first thought is to get the phone out, you're doing it wrong, honestly. Get the celebration in. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Rob Scott, again, he's on it this morning. No work, Rob. Uh, it's a feel-good factor, isn't it? It's the confidence thing. Momentum builds confidence. That leads to good results. All we need now is a plum tie drawn out. Big game Saturday, very big all of a sudden. Yeah, it's, I agree. It is all about confidence. And last yesterday, I looked on Soccer Base for an article, and you see a D and a D for two draws. And you think, you know what? The next two results shape how everything starts off. And if you get a W and a W in there, suddenly you're looking like one of the top teams. If you get an L and an L in there, you're not. You know, you've got to get some W's in those columns. Some dubs, I think they say. Um you must excuse me if I'm gonna skip a couple of comments because I've got to get back to work. This isn't a completed squad, it's exciting. Got a firm foundation, says Ryan Wheel and players who seem to be enjoying themselves and understanding each other. Excellent. Yes. James Lee always plays devil's advocate and fair play for him to that. We have a battling team at last, but what happens if Regan Paul leaves? Do we have the strength in depth? Well, he didn't start last night. Um, he's one point. I think Joe Walsh and Lewis Monsman to come back into the side is another point. I don't think Regan Paul's going to leave. I think we, we have this, James, every summer where people 
a kind of and, and and not yourself but on social media people will be going well Regan Paul missed this so he's going or he didn't start last night or Anthony Scully and we have it kind of every transfer window the fact is players come and players go he might go I have a funny feeling he won't but he might go and if he does we do have a couple of other central defenders and the club will absolutely have a contingency plan we had it with Teo Eden when Teo Eden left we brought in um uh, Jamie Robson when Harry Toffolo left we brought in Teo Eden there's always a contingency plan Jamie Robson's transfer was so protracted because we had him lined up and then Teo turned down Peterborough and we then couldn't bring Jamie in even though he was all ready to go until Teo had moved on so I, I do think that you know, we have to as a fan base stop worrying too much about a single player leaving because the way that we're set up and the way that um, I think Mark and, and Jez and Liam and Clive and everybody are trying to bring the club forward is that we expect Regan Paul to leave for money. If somebody comes in and bids £750,000 for Regan Paul, which he would be worth every single penny and gives us a 15% sell-on clause, you take it and you go again. And if we're doing our recruitment right, which actually this season suggests we did last season, and I'll come to that in a minute, then fair play. You know, we signed last Sorensen last summer. Everyone's saying not good enough. Now look at him. So are we actually, when we're making the recruitment, we're judging the recruitment on player comes in, plays 10 games, how they've done, not very good shit signing. Whereas actually player comes in, plays one season, next season starts playing well, decent signing. And I said that very much about last summer, that the key is always to remember you can't judge us until he's left the club. That's the truth. You can't. If we judge Simon Yeo on his Lincoln City career up to the final game of his first season, he would have been a flop. Bear that in mind. Rob Scott calls it the Mike Garrity effect. Paul Dixon says it's great to see some passion on the touchline. Cornell says amazing performance last night from the Imps. Reese uh, Marshall says it's a strange situation with Maguire, but I feel I prefer him now. We have told him he's not in our plans. Uh, just skipping through some. Not sure if I'm even online now. Yes, I am. There we go. Uh, Miranda Jones, morning, Gary. Great result last night. Is that willingness to change the approach or formation that will bring new positivity to the fans? Exciting times ahead. Fair play. That's, you know, fan feedback. Rob, uh, Bob Armston, morning, guys. Morning, mate. Hope you've got me a cold one ready for Saturday lunchtime because we shall probably be in there. Um, Steve Turner, morning, mate. Could Maguire be staying, do you think? Not so sure. Not so sure is my honest answer. Um, yeah, just, uh, I just, I think potentially he's still going to go. I just think he's showing that. You know, he's, he's showing an air of professionalism and we're showing him the same. And I think that's important. Cornell, are you fussed, Gary? Here we get in the second round. Do you know what? I'd like a League Two club at home in the second round, if I'm honest. And let's let's get into the draw. Let's get a, a victory, which wouldn't be easy. I'm not going to be arrogant and say you could beat every League Two club. But, you know, let's get into the draw for the third round when the big boys are there. And that's the only way you get your money. You either do that or you go away to a Newcastle or a Leeds or you get Newcastle or Leeds or someone like that at home. Um, Aston Villa, where you're going to have... Ten, ten and a half thousand at Sinsel Bank. Uh, I'm ignoring Kate Jackson, which I think is important, uh, and Rob Scott now as well. Morning, Andrew Robinson. And finally, Adam Butler. Been very impressed with MK's comments and the way he presents himself. He comes across as a real man manager and motivator. I think that's reflected in the comments that the players have been making. I have liked all of Mark Kennedy's post-match interviews. Easy when you can be positive, and I think that that kind of does feed into it a little bit, doesn't it? It's easy to say I like what he's got to say when he's talking about a game that you've enjoyed or a game that you've got a decent result out of. But at the same time, he comes across very well. Um, he gives the answers to questions he once asked, even if he's not asked the question. So he wanted to talk about the young players yesterday and he gave 
the answer without Rob asking the question, you know, so he has an awareness of what he wants to say and the things he wants to get across before the questions are asked. But he also answers the questions very succinctly. And there was a Portsmouth article saying that, you know, um, Mark Kennedy had blasted the referee from Saturday in his post-match and he absolutely hadn't. Um, so it's easy to see how somebody's words can be twisted. But I think he's a very measured man. I think I got that when me and Ben interviewed him uh, in the in the live podcast. He just came across as a very quiet, pensive, thought man, well thought man. Um, you know, he thinks of his responses. Somebody who probably has been burned in the um, in the media in the past. Won't go into that too much, but you know, the media have not always been fair to him. But he's certainly a man who comes across as having. Um, developed a relationship with the media very carefully uh, but uh, one based around honesty and do you know what again he doesn't wait to be asked about the fans as well I think sometimes if they I know that players are reacting the managers reacting to questions but sometimes when a manager is asked about the fans he goes yeah they were great you know that that answer is what he's always going to give nobody's going to go oh Mark what about the fans yesterday he's going well yeah a bit shit weren't they they weren't all that weren't all that loud I thought there would have been more there it doesn't happen unless you're Christian Pulisic, look that up, but it doesn't happen otherwise. But when he goes, I want to talk about the fans, when he hasn't been asked a question, he's doing the same thing, but it doesn't have that feeling of inevitability. It has a feeling more of genuine, kind of um, just a genuine response. And that's clever. That's clever, because if he's asked about them, he's going to say the same thing. But purely the fact that he gets it in there makes you think, oh, what a great guy. What a great guy. You know, coming over, clapping the fans, pushing Chris Maguire, clap the fans, Chris. Fans, clap Chris. He's telling us to clap him. He's telling us to clap Chris Maguire. And we're going, yeah, brilliant. Well done, Chris. He's building the relationships between his players and the fans by his actions. Very, very interesting. I'm always fascinated by man management. I'm always fascinated by how managers interact with their players openly, how you see that. I don't see it behind the scenes, unfortunately. I would very much love to. I was always fascinated by the way that Danny used to do it. I was fascinated by the way John Beck used to do it, carrying Jay Martin on his shoulders. How the manager leverages the fans to build relationships with the players or to make statements about the players is an interesting psychology behind football that, that is underrated, I think. And the way that Mark Kennedy's going about it at the moment is very, very clever. He's very reticent to talk about players that are not in the side. He's very reticent to talk about you know, negative aspects of his players, which we will have to at some point. For instance, the Jackson injury. You know, he doesn't want to labour on the negatives. He's very, very good about the positives. The, the young players, you know, he interjected. We brought the young players in. It's based on their minutes. It's based on this. It's based on that. He was very, very eager to make sure that he got that point out there. And that, that will build the young players up. They haven't had to be... The manager hasn't had to be asked. Nobody's had to say to him and about the young players. Oh, yeah, they've done well, haven't they? He's gone. The young players came in based on merit. And those young players will listen back to that and go, wow, you know, that's a real bonus from the manager. That's great coming from him. Not prompted. So, yeah, massive, huge, huge, I think. Really interesting man. I just look forward to the future. And as Rob Scott says, it's all about confidence. Yep. He's building confidence in Chris Maguire that actually maybe there is a player there. And who knows? He might stay. I don't know. But then he's building fan confidence in Chris Maguire as well. And there was only a few rumblings when Chris Maguire was on the bench for the first game of the season. There was a few rumblings of, wow, he's in from the cold. Bad man management. He hasn't done this. He hasn't done that in pre-season. We're 10, 12 days further on now. And you know what? Everybody's praising him. Everybody's talking about Chris. And I'm not a massive fan of Chris Maguire's personality last season. There's no doubt he's a half-decent player. And actually, he's showing something that players often don't. 
when they got on the wrong side of the fans, when they've had such a, a kind of a negative reaction over a summer, that he's come back in. I think he's a, when I say shameless, I think he's a player that probably wouldn't let that sort of thing affect him anyway. In fact, it motivates him. But I think his, his, his application has been superb. And that's got to be down to the way that he was managed over the summer. And it kind of draws parallels with Lee Frecklington, doesn't it? And Lee Frecklington was told he wasn't required. He was training on his own. That's one method. You take somebody who's not required out of the side, um, rightly or wrongly. And, and I think I said at the time, if that was the case, it wasn't right that Chris Maguire's always been treated with respect um, and therefore he's come back in and he's treated Lincoln City as his employers with respect. He looks committed. When Scully scored his goal after Maguire had missed the effort, Maguire didn't walk away. He went, gave Scully a hug, walked away then. So he celebrated the goal with him. Again, it's just important. Anyway, that's me. Um, I need to get back and do some proper work. I've done more laps of my garden than bloody Captain Tom mate, this afternoon. I'm an oil this morning. I seem to have just walked round and round and round in circles. According to my watch, I've done 4.1 kilometres, and three of those have been around my garden. I've just done three kilometres around my garden. Madness. Look, thank you all for watching. Uh, really appreciate it. Lots of stuff queued up and planned uh, for this week already. Uh, I've got all the ref articles done, which is really good. I've got a programme article to go out later today. Uh, Sam Rowson's written his League, two, League One Roundup. That'll be going out as well. So, Lots and lots of stuff going out. I've got a, a retrospective from a Portsmouth fan that's queued up. It's really, really been really busy recently. Um, so they'll talk about what they saw from Lincoln and what they think we need and how they saw the game, which is going to be an interesting take as well. So lots coming up on the site. Uh, we've got the podcast coming up, obviously Jake's video content. Honestly, we couldn't be creating any more for you. Um, so, yeah, thank you for your support in, in engaging with all of the content. We hope you enjoy it. Thank you to anybody watching who's a patron as well. Um, fantastic. I've just had a WhatsApp message from Pete Summers that says, ooh, my name's Gary. I've got a massive garden. Anyone can walk three kilometres around a garden. I haven't done one lap of it. The numerous laps of it. You could walk around your garden and do three kilometres in the same time. You just do more rotations. I'm not talking about the size of my garden, so fuck off. Um, anyway, thanks a lot for watching, people. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.